Welcome to the Flair Podcast. I'm Troy Wallace, joined by Andy Byers. This is Deep Thoughts on Shallow Subjects, as you heard from the intro music by our friend Seth Gilbertson. It's the name of our miscellaneous podcast. Uh, these are typically top five discussions. Uh, the one that you're about to hear is our top five discussion on John Favreau roles. We hope you enjoy it. So we decided to do John Favreau's uh, top five acting roles. And then right before we were going to tape this, Byers hits me up with the, oh, I threw it on some directing too. So, so directing, producing, that, that that's things he's not, well, he's in some of them too. Actually, he's yeah. in almost all of them, but in some little way. But So we'll do those two a little bit, kind of rapid fire at the end of this. But uh, we wanted to do, we, we figured it was probably the only time that we're going to do uh, top five Favreau, because uh, we probably won't do another Favreau movie. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but in not, not where we, it's about Favreau, probably. Yeah, you know? yeah. We thought that this was a good time to 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 do Favreau. He's he's a little bit more in the in the conversation these days due to some of the, our our favorite things, and so it'll just kind of give you a flavor for uh, what to expect for uh, future episodes. So, um, so let's go uh, let's go backwards. Uh, uh, age before beauty here on uh, top five uh, Favreau, and I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna say that every time. Every until time he, he loves to remind me of the three months that he was younger than me. <laughs> Old man. Um, what do you got? What do you got at number five? Uh, number five, uh, Swingers, Mike Peters. Um, okay. Early breakout role. I I honestly don't remember the whole movie particularly mm-hmm. well, and it's been a long time. Um, but I will never forget the end scene like towards the end where where it gets the call from the ex-girlfriend who's he's been hung up on this whole movie mm-hmm. and he's finally started to move on right he's finally found a girl that he's really truly moving on and uh she's on the other line and she calls and he's like oh i gotta go and and the ex-girlfriend is trying to tell him like you know she's kind of wanting back in now and like in the middle of her being like i love you he just hangs up and goes to the other line and it was like that <laughs> is a great great moment um He's, he's just, he's so neurotic and insecure in this movie, mm-hmm. which is awesome. He's kind of that way in a lot of movies. I think this is partially just who John Favreau is, yeah. um, but it was very relatable. <laughs> he's just a goofy guy. Yeah. Um, it was, I love that scene. I love that moment. Um, that, that one alone puts, puts this one in the top five, at least, but... Gotcha. Um, I went with uh, um, the one that we just talked about, um, Danny Bateman in The Replacements. Probably, I, I really like fought with myself about um, that and the next one that I have. Um, but he's Some got these were hard to, to yes. separate. My, my top two were, were pretty clear, but the rest of this are really hard to separate. So, so that was that was kind of the same thing for me. So, as we go through this, it'll it'll be kind of interesting to see how the how the rest of them shake out. If we kind of go chalk in the middle and kind of differ um, at the end, um, he's got great lines throughout the film. But it's a pretty one-note performance, right? I mean, we it talked is. about it. He's he's the crazy cop linebacker. You know, you can tell that he's a little bit too good for the movie in certain scenes. Like I talked about in the uh, um, in the the quicksand in the in the um, oh gosh, why can I not think of that? The quarterback's room or whatever um, while they're they're breaking stuff down. Um, but eh, he's 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 better in other movies you know this is this is one of my more favorite like uh like lines 
but he does a lot better in some of these other roles. I like him in, in some of these roles, which kind of speaks to how much I like him in the rest of these roles that I would put that one at, the, at fifth. So, because I'm pretty sure you've probably got it a little bit higher. I do. And, and I'll talk about my. Okay. So, what's, what's um, your number four? Um, uh, Foggy Nelson in uh, Daredevil. And I think it's probably because uh, I'm a bigger, I'm a big Daredevil fan. And I kind of, as the kids say, I stand for, for daredevil. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, he got to cut his teeth on Marvel really early in the process uh, and was probably <clears throat> one of the better roles in the movie. Like, um, I still like it, but, um, I, we rewatched it recently with the boys, um, cause we're just kind of killing everything that's outside of MCU. And we finally started moving on to, um, DC. <clears throat> and so, um, uh, so we watched this the other night and most of it still holds up, but he's so funny in it. He has very little screen time in it, but he's kind of a jerk. Um, especially compared to like, they played foggy really like as a, uh, um, in the TV show that they recently did as a, this really serious character. He's got some funny lines and stuff like that, but like, like Favreau just gets to play it like fast yeah. and loose in this movie. So it's just a, it's a fun performance and it's kind of interchangeable with uh, Danny Bateman. So I kind of, I kind of gave it the leg up. Just and, to, and he gets to drink mustard out of his, out of his so. Yeah. So <laughs> talk about things that age, the age poorly is like <laughs> playing pranks on uh, blind people. Like, like that's, and that's not good. If they're having it back. Yeah. 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 So, what'd you have it for? Awesome. Uh, I have a uh, Rudy, and he plays D Bob. He's mm-hmm. the tutor mm-hmm. in Rudy. Probably the first time for me. I I didn't see Swingers till later on. So like Rudy is um, probably the first thing I remember John Favreau from for like mm-hmm. years. That was like oh, it's the tutor from Rudy. Like you know he's D Bob. Um, he's kind of similar to the the Swingers character. Mike Peters a little bit. Um, can't talk to girls. Like it's like this super shy kind of goofy guy um i mean trades tutoring for rudy teaching him how to hit on girls um which you know i know lots of girls i just have to find them <laughs> great line um but he's fun um he's, he's a good balance there with with sean ass in that movie I, he's enjoyable he's one of my favorite parts yeah one of one of the defining things is like when you see like you get to see him all the time like when they run that back like the like you'll just kind of see that intercut with like some other sports uh like movie stuff it's like when rudy gets a sack and like they pan to him and like you see him with his dad like do like the cheer like it's yeah. just like it's it's wrapped up he he's wrapped up into that yeah would you oh, have really? number three? Oh, three three is where i put me um, and for me, like Bateman is just so out there compared to most John, you know, there's, there's some similarities and there's a couple of uh, his, uh, he plays a guy named Denver in four Christmases that didn't, didn't make my list. Who's just nuts. Oh yeah. Um, and he's very Bateman like, but for the most part, like this is not the character that John Favreau plays in most things. Like he's, he's normally pretty calm. Um, and this is just so over the top and out there. That was really just fun to see him he's almost unrecognizable in some ways in this movie to me, just cause he's so nuts. Yeah. Um, so I really just love that part. Although I'm pretty sure him and Denver from four Christmases might be the same guy. Actually, that might still be Daniel Bateman. Um, what? I, I remember like, all I remember Nick- from, I just watched 
if, if you just go watch them play games, like there, there's a scene from Four Christmases because Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon or whoever it is, like he's the husband of one of their sisters and they're at this crazy family dinner where they're playing games and he's like scarfing down this like entire bowl of like shrimp or something while they and his <laughs> wife play this game and they're just amazing at it. It's like some charade type like they're not charades they're like giving clues and they have to guess stuff and theirs are just mm-hmm. ridiculous like they make no sense to anyone else <laughs> and they like smoke everyone at this game they're like the psychotic looking couple that's actually like completely tuned into each other because they're both so weird yeah Great. is this is this worth actually watching or just tracking no, down this I scene? just track down that scene on youtube okay. i don't think the rest of it merited and i think that's pretty much his only scene like he's yeah. just a little bit didn't make my list at all but yeah that's what made it hard for this just kind of overall was that like favreau doesn't have a lot of like true starring roles whenever no. you kind of start like digging into it like we it kind really of doesn't we kind of flippantly were like yeah let's do favreau like starring roles and that'll, that'll be easy because we can think of plenty like, of things he's in but they're all right. like like bateman like he's not the right. main character in this movie yeah um, so it, it was fun to do it, but I was like, it was hard because it was like couples retreat. I was just like, Ugh, uh, I didn't like yeah. that movie. It wasn't mm-hmm. as funny as I thought it should have been. Um, like, like it just kind of didn't execute very well. And like some other things, like he's got a couple of those. But I mean, um, uh, for me, uh, number number three, I had um, uh, Happy Hogan, uh, Iron Man 2. I, I just chose Iron Man 2 just to kind of narrow it down to. Uh, where I felt he had probably the more more of the screen time. Um, it's very close between that and um, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, that's uh-huh. not Homecoming. Um, the one before that. Homecoming is the first one. Homecoming is the first one? Yeah. Okay. Homecoming is the first one and Far From Home. Far From Home. See, they, they got to stop making like home. Just call them home. one and two people. Yeah, home, <laughs> home Alone. So Spider-Man 1, <laughs> Tom Holland version. Um like he's really good in that one, like playing off of Tom Holland. Um, but um, I think Iron Man Two is where he gets to he 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 really gets to to shine. It's a great role. Uh, he gets to come in and like always lend some levity. I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is always funny in the role, but they get to play off of each other and kind of be be silly with each other. Um, but um, he's just got such great chemistry with. Uh, uh, with him and with Scarlett Johansson, who like will show up a little bit later in in yeah. uh, some more of this this discussion. So. Oh, oh yes, you will. I was like, what? Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, what? Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have that too. Um, what are we on? Uh, we're on. We? You're on. Did you do three? Yeah, you did three. Yeah, mine was three was D Bob for Rudy. Oh, so sure. I go two. I go so two. Go um, this is where I had swingers. Like. Um, I'm not like a super huge uh, swingers fan, but I watched it enough and I can quote it enough that like, it's really hard for me to think of uh, Favreau without like thinking of Mikey. Like it's just, he wrote the role for himself. So it better be good. It better play to his strengths. Like you said, like he's, and it really does like he's his own. I feel like he's acting. No, no, he's very comfortable through it. And him and him and Favreau, like have a such or um him and uh Vince Vaughn. Yeah, they wrote it together, uh, or at least worked on it together. And it just reminds you a lot of the parallels with um Goodwill Hunting can't be like yeah. understated. You know, it's like their version of Goodwill Hunting. Like um 
and um and they became kind of some it guys for a little while i mean they didn't explode like uh damon and uh and affleck did but they got some some pretty good roles and pretty good opportunities like uh favreau kind of takes more of like the directing route um while doing kind of dabbling in a little bit of everything vaughn uh, kind of stays actor the whole time and he's got some ups and downs in his career um but um it's just he's his own worst enemy and lets his buddy trent kind of push him around um <laughs> even, even though trent trent's just kind of a legend in his own mind and and like he kind of ends up at the end like realizing like hey i i still got this like i just need some more confidence but it's just got such classic lines that some people that can't escape the 90s still quote it probably too much I, I'm, I'm i'm at least not borderline on that um but uh it just it's just uh it's a very inside hollywood type of movie um as they kind of wrote about like being struggling actors and stuff yeah. like that um but it's uh it, you make it me want to watch swingers again like right now Except yeah i'm an old um, man it's it's 11 o'clock at the moment to, while we're yeah. recording so if one of us starts <laughs> snoring forgive us we have children um, so so that's that's what i had nice i i'm happy hogan second okay. and mostly he's just that high because there's just so much yeah um, and iron man 3 might be the highlight for me when, mm. when he becomes head of security there's like great lines about like you know what people would say to me when i told him i was iron man's bodyguard you know um you can't work the technology like he's tony stark's bodyguard and he can't work his own smartphone which is just funny you know like this forehead of security because he's pointing you know doing the old man thing where he's pointing the video right at his forehead not his face you can't flip the camera around um it's so many good little moments with happy between the iron man movies and spider-man he's great again getting a little more play even um next to tom holland um i love the scene at the end of endgame when he sits down with morgan and talks about cheeseburgers mm, mm-hmm. yeah. um although that's the point where i'm already a big girl in the midst of the movie because you're showing me morgan and, and i love you 3000 and yeah I'm, I'm a puddle my daughter loves to stare at me while we watch that scene we'll talk about that <laughs> another time i'm sure um but yeah, for me, Happy Hogan's up there. Although you're making me reevaluate most of my life with some of your talk on swingers. So, no, and it's it's kind of one of those like you think about it and you're like, swingers is a good movie, and you think about all the the good quotes. There's a lot of downtime and boring time in that movie. Like, like the last time I watched it, it has been some. It's it's been several years, but when it's good, it's really good. It's, it's kind of one of those those types of thing. It's not like Night at the Roxbury where you watch it for the first 45 minutes and then you just turn off the movie. Like it's kind of interspersed in between. Where, I have to talk about you watching even 45 minutes of Night at the Roxbury. Oh know. my gosh. Come on, man. We, we, can, we, can, we can do that as like a live stream. Yeah. I, I think I enjoyed listening to re, re-quoting of Night at the Roxbury more than actually watching the real thing. That's fair. That's fair one of those movies. Like that, Nacho Libre is that movie for me. There's there's a few. So so that's why I bring exactly. Okay. So Night at the Roxbury. No, 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 no. Night at the Roxbury and and Nacho Libre and Swingers are kind of those are I think those are perfect instances of movies that have kind of um if you sit down and watch them, you don't realize like they're not 
really as re- they have rewatchable scenes, but the movie itself is not as rewatchable as you think it is. And I know it's sacrilege for a lot of people that really love Nacho Libre. I've never watched all of Nacho Libre. Because it's so dang boring. It's so boring. <laughs> I had like, youth that quoted that thing so much that I've seen yeah. Nacho Libre reenacted in real life and the real thing was just boring. I'm like, this isn't as fun as watching my stupid 15-year-old students do this. So yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's got some great lines, but like after a little bit, you're just like, "Ooh, can Jack Black say something funny again?" Because it's been a while. Yeah. So. So apparently that will not be making our Jack Black top five that will come out someday. <laughs> um, so I think I think we have the same number one here since we yeah. neither of us has said it and we've talked about it like dorks yeah. over the past week several times. <laughs> um, Chef Carl Casper, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like it's like my new favorite movie. Like it's yeah. It's, it's great. It, it was one of those movies that like I'm kind of a nerd where I like to like I started reading Roger Ebert like in the paper whenever I was like in high school. And like I, I knew enough about like, okay, he doesn't like comedies, so I need to make sure that I just don't listen to him when it comes to comedies. But he might give you these gems every once once in a while. And so I started kind of, okay, I need to find a critic once he died that like uh, like I can kind of trust. And like a lot of people were like, oh, chef, it's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. And I was just like, uh, I just didn't really uh, like want to go see it in the theater. And so I got it on Redbox when it came out like a few years ago and watched it. And Lori was like, you can watch that by yourself, like go nuts. And so like, of course, like you said, we're dads, you have to find some time. It's a rated R movie. And I will like 100% unequivocally say like, like the language in this, it's a kitchen movie. Like if you've ever worked in a kitchen, like or I worked sat it, close to the kitchen. In right. <laughs> right. Like there is choice language being uh, displayed. So I won't say this is, this is a movie for everybody. So if you, if you don't like a lot of cursing, like it's just not for you. Um, but um, as corny as it sounds, it, it made me want to learn how to cook. Like, and totally. so there's some stuff that I'm like, Ooh, that looks good. I should make right? that. Um, so like, and then, um, he, um, developed this chef show with, uh, the guy that helped, um, him kind of make the role really like, um, be authentic. This, his, this guy named, uh, Roy Choi. And yes, that's his name, Roy Choi. He started the Kogi food truck, uh, in LA and, um, he they they just basically go on like all these adventures they go all to all these cool places in la and austin and all kinds of places all over the u.s and uh show you how to cook all this cool food and it's like it's not like boring like pbs like cooking show stuff like it just seems cool and i've just uh it just it's a role that played again to his strengths it's kind of the loser that's kind of down on his luck he was a high he's being kind of brought low again uh, it's kind of equal parts like Mikey, Happy, and Foggy. Like, and when I kind of look at it, kind of like, is, yeah, yeah. What, what, what did you like about it? I, it's just very real in some ways. That like, mm-hmm. like, just it doesn't try and overplay some things or, or smooth them over. Like, it's it's rough in some spots because, mm-hmm. it, but like realistically, and it just this picture of the evolution of being a parent, kind of finding mm-hmm. your way, mm-hmm. and um, to, to speak a tiny bit of Christianese, if you're like a big love language person, right? Like you're all about yeah. like Gary Chapman. This mm-hmm. this movie is the essence of quality time. 
like 100 this guy's kid just wants to hang out with him he doesn't care if they're just like going shopping for random ingredients and like it takes him half the movie to figure that out and then once he does like you get to watch this amazing relationship develop Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's cool to watch him and his son It, it really is and you you i mean He's he's this famous chef chef that kind of gets stuck in a, in a rut, right? He he gets into a situation where the the restaurant owner just wants him to play his hits and not innovate, and and he got there because he innovated, you know. Um, he, I mean, everybody's kind of been put into a position where they feel like their boss is kind of holding them back, or or a business partner, or something like that, and he just has this absolute meltdown with a food critic and some of the funniest quotes that oh, I cannot man. quote like at all. Um, and he just decides to give it up to go start a food truck, um, that in his wife or his, his estranged wife, they're not, they're not divorced or anything like that. Just at the beginning of the movie is just like, Hey, you need to do the food truck. You need to do the food truck. It just kind of reminds you that your wife is always like on your side and has your best interest in mind. Even when uh, you don't want to listen to her. Even when you don't want to listen to her. Hopefully our wives are not listening to this part. Right. It's we're, we're about an hour and 30 minutes in. I think they left a long time ago. Um, and so, <laughs> um, he, he just kind of, like you said, he, he bonds with his son, like during a cross country road trip, coming back from picking up the food truck and realizes like how much his son wants to just hang out with him and spend time with him. And you kind of see glimpses of that, at that in the movie, but his like ambition, um, it's just get, simply getting in the way, you know, yeah. and he finds a way to marry the two where like he loves to cook and he loves and he wants to find out some way to spend time with his son, but he just doesn't have time. And so yeah. he makes time by doing it. You know, it's it's just a really cool way of putting all of those things together. Well, this is good. I, I have. Can I go on and nitpick about chef since we're here for a moment? Of course. I don't like part of the end. What's I that? don't like that he goes to a restaurant in the end. I would have rather he just rocked the food truck. Yeah. Like that part was just a little bit like, so now you're back to being the guy in the restaurant who can't hang out with his son. I mean, like, I think it's not the same. Like the whole family's in on it. It's better. Right. But still, I'm like, no, dude, just, just keep the truck. Plus yeah. they were raking it in. What do they need a restaurant for, man? <laughs> just roll that yeah. thing wherever you want. It made me yeah. want to learn to cook a little. It made me want to go hit up some food trucks. Roswell, oh. Roswell has some odd per capita of, of food trucks down here it's, mm-hmm. it's weird we have like the street is full of them um and we're we're roswell um if you've never been here there's no reason you should have been unless you're really into aliens aliens, um, aliens. we have like 20 food trucks that are constantly out every day like it's weird Dang, that's a lot yeah um so uh you wanted to hit some of this uh this is, um, it was mostly just the, I feel like I have to pay homage to the fact that John Favreau is the man who got to direct and produce and lead us into a world where we have live action Star Wars TV shows. Okay, that's that's really all it amounted to. I mean, there's some other hits. He, he, he does Chef, not just as he, the lead role. He's like writes, produce, does all kinds of stuff. Um, you got his Jungle Book, Lion King stuff. Um, of course, he, he directs the first Iron Man. Like, he kind of kicks off the MCU, which is yeah. huge. Um, and he gives us one of the greatest Christmas classics ever in Elf, um, which, like, I don't know how many times I saw Elf before I re- realized that I paid enough attention to the opening credits. And, like, 
this is a John Favreau movie. What? Right. Um, I, I he like has a little way. cameo in it, which like, mm-hmm. like, as you just like friends with Will Ferrell, like it feels like one of those, like, oh, my buddy just came down. No, he's the director. He's the guy behind <laughs> this whole movie. Um, uh, I felt the same way. Um, so yeah. And then of course, I mean, Mandalorian, um, you're going to learn this anyway. We're Star Wars nerds. Okay. Like <laughs> I love, love Star Wars. People in my church give me Star Wars toys. Um, I have a Chewbacca doll in my office because people from my church gave it to me. I have a three foot tall Darth Vader. Love it. And love this show. And it, this is all John Favreau's baby. If there's, yeah, if there's a, a Mount Rushmore, which I'm not sure you're allowed to have a Mount Rushmore where George Lucas is like towering over it, but like, big three of like star Wars producing directing is like George Lucas, Dave Filoni, and now John Favreau, I think like Mm -hmm. he's like third on the list of who's important to star Wars. Absolutely. And, and you, you kind of hit on it. Um, I had, so I I created a top five, but I'll just run through it real quick. I had, uh, um, um, Zathura five. Um, have you ever seen Zathura? Has it been Um, a No, but I, I, saw that was on there and i was like oh you should watch it like it's a completely especially with your kids um it's a completely underrated kids movie like people saw it as like the knockoff jumanji it's really good i won't spoil any of it like um i mean since it's 10 years later it's like oh five i think um like the more practical effects that he does in there and some of the better cgi like if you've watched jumanji in a while it really aged poorly oh yeah um, but Zathura really um, uh, holds up. It's got uh, Josh Hutcherson from uh, Hunger Games and Kristen Stewart from Twilight before they they hit yeah. big. Um, but it's it's good. Um, I would I would recommend it as a, a good kids movie. It's got a good um, similar to what we were just talking about. Like I like John Favreau as a director because he has like these redeeming qualities in like all the movies that he makes. There's like a good, honest like like through line for everything, like a redeeming quality of, of people. You made um, Robert Downey Jr. redeeming as I am. Right. I mean, come on, that's, that's, that's tall. Well done. Yeah. And to, to not like go on, um, any more than like, you've already said elf, one of my favorite, like, if not my favorite holiday movie, we watch it every year. Boys love it. We love it. Um, chef, we already talked about it. I mean, just, I would kind of talk about, he wrote, directed, produced and starred in the movie. Like, that's just kind of, that's kind of awesome. Like I kind of looked at some of the, the other uh, people that did that. It's, it's very rare that somebody can do that and like really pull it off the way that he did. Uh, But of course us being huge nerds, like the Mandalorian and Iron Man, like influences cannot be overstated, like with how much he's going to explode Star Wars TV. I remember uh, several years ago they were kicking around Star Wars TV and we we're like, oh my gosh, what, what does that like? You're a big expanded uh, universe uh, book reader. Uh, I'm less so. Um, it's just hard for me to like uh, sit down and read a book due to my ADD and video games and some other things going on. Um, but um, uh, I was just like, man, they have so many good stories out there that, that aren't related to like the Skywalker saga. And he, he 
he both cheated because he he started it first <laughs> without really de- like diving back into that, but also kind of brought some more of those elements in there that kind of pull some of those things together. So I mean, it's it's kind of having the best of both worlds, like yeah. you know. Um, so um, it's and new and it connects to the old yeah. so well. It's perfect. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and then of course like if if not for Iron Man, where would we be? be where would we be in the MCU? Right. I- like. Because because even they didn't envision this, and yet right. then he directs Iron Man, and it's amazing. Yeah, um, blows all our minds and blows off the hinges off of the whole thing. Just yeah, kicks it off. Because if you think about it, it's like Fantastic Four, meh, middling. You know, same thing with the second. Like they they got enough to do a uh, Silver Surfer, right? And I mean, of course, that's like the the Fox side of it, but I mean they had these big plans but i mean we've seen plenty of movies that have big plans that do these little teasers at the end they're like oh star wars fans we watched solo okay we know that people have plans that don't always work out (laughs) Um. so i mean there's plenty of post-credit scenes where someone's like oh yeah they knew that they had a, a hit on their hands and it's like no they didn't like they just got lucky you know or or is good but like sometimes things just kind of flop and he hit everything so well in that movie um that uh it's it's hard to to understate it so and then, or overstate yeah, it 20 something movies later he's still going because he's yeah. uh his main character is gone he's still there he's yeah. dating hot aunt may even though it's weird <laughs> um uh, so we we hope you enjoyed the show, um, but uh, let us know uh, if there's certain movies or topics you'd like to hear from us. Uh, you can email us at uh, podcast at gmail.com. That's P-H-I-L-E-O podcast, all one word, at G-M- gmail.com. And that's all we got here. Great job, Iris. Good you brownies, too. man. Good brownies. Yeah.